What's up, Gorilla Social Workers? Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast with the ginger ninja himself, Jeff Moore, and yours truly, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both licensed clinical social workers who specialize in providing forensic psychotherapy to clients involved in the criminal justice system. We love talking about and sharing our work with you, our beloved listeners. Shout out to Melissa Sue Rubio, uh, Juana Jimenez96, and Yulnicorn for your new subscriptions. That really helps us reach a bigger and bigger audience, and we thank you for your support. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha Counseling provides clinical services, case management, and peer support for justice-involved clients, including substance use, sexual offense, and all other court-ordered clinical care. Check out our website at utahsbesttherapy.com today and get started with your personal recovery. Uh, Killer episode today, guys. Jeff and I discuss the emotional regulation skill of managing anger. Uh, This is helpful for both clinicians and clients trying to learn more about an effective way of using this skill, none of that nonsense that doesn't work, and uh, kind of practicing this in everyday living. So we hope you like it. What episode are we on? The number? 13. Episode 13? 69, dude. <laughs> dude, how's your running going? I, man, plantar fasciitis sucks. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's how it's been going. And I, I just been like, look, I don't have time to heal. You know what I mean? Like, when's, when is it? May? Yeah, it's in I don't May. Have, yeah, so I've just been running and dealing with it. What does it feel like when you're walking around? Like walking well, on first thing shards the, of glass? It feels like I, I'm stepping on a Lego. You know what I'm saying? Like right on my hill. Yeah. Yeah. It's always in the morning. Um, I've like one of those sharp ass Legos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the stuff you were telling me is actually helping with it though. The, I, well, so oh, I, the special I, sock that they have for it. Yeah. I bought the sock. Um, been wearing that. That helps. And the, I didn't do the pantyhose trick. I, I splurged and spent the 20 bucks on the actual splint. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you like a good, like Jimmy rig, you know, (laughs) so I was like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give him this one. Yeah. I can see the application for it, but I don't know any other tips. I'm, I'm open. Oh, I I do insoles help. I see the insoles at Winco. Yeah. So there's a, uh, not at Winco. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just where I saw them. Uh, Well, I love, I I would go to like a a running store. I'm going to splurge. And then you're like, yeah, I saw this stuff at Winco. (laughs) I mean, nothing against Winco, but that's that's not for running, dude. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. If you just, uh, Striders, I'll go to Striders. I don't think Striders, yeah, Striders still exists. It's not owned by the same people, but still Striders. And you let them know that you have plantar fasciitis and let them know you have the sock. There, there is a thing that I think goes on your foot. It, it, it might be an insert, but it's not necessarily like a. I can't remember what it is. They'll 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 they'll, they'll work it out. So like you can run and still do mm. it. And then of course any of any listeners that have any feedback on plantar fasciitis, yeah. like look it up first. Try to spell okay. that by the way. Yeah, there's, never... there's two eyes in there. <laughs> <laughs> among yeah. everything yeah. else. Yeah, uh, dude. So how's I your was... running going? Good. Yeah, good. It's uh, I'm trying. I'm You're trying to heavy like... now. I know. I know. So I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay big and run at the same time, which I've never done. Like, well, no, I have done that in the past, and it's never gone well. It's always an injury. You'll like, break down one way, one area or another. But I figured because I'm getting older, that I just need to do it that way. Like <laughs> you're getting older, so you can put more demands on your body. <laughs> yeah, I guess more intelligently. Like I'm not injured right now. I feel really good. But w- one thing I can say is like when I was getting ready. For um for my bench, I started to do like strength stuff and run. Oh man, I'm just so drained when I try to do anything strength wise. Mm. It's like at least fifteen percent of of my strength has gone away just because of running. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, here's the thing though. When I go to the point of not running and just lifting, getting back to running is so hard. It's really hard. And then when I go b- from just straight running to not lifting, getting back to lifting is so hard, like getting back to the size. Yeah. Your body doesn't want to, well, I don't know about you, like the, the size thing, but also just on like, like a burst of power. Like I I feel like I'm flat a little bit when I come back from running into lifting. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same pop. Yeah. Cause I kind of, I prioritize my running now. So I'm like, Oh, and by the way, it's cause we're doing uh, what is it? Zion Ragnar. Yeah. So anybody at every down Zion Ragnar, 
say holla, holla at your boy when yeah. we're down there. We'll be in tents this time. Yeah, what's our team name? Uh, Bloodbath and Beyond. That's, right, That's been yeah. our team name forever. So good. Remember that one year we thought somebody stole it and we were going to start destroying <laughs> we their vehicle? Kill them. And then yeah. we're like, oh, wait, that's just our teammates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like ready to fight. Idiots. Our, yeah. I was Brother, super yeah, mad yeah, they cannot at that take time. Our name. So, hey, I, I was going to I was gonna run a couple things by you, like a couple mm. of like penny for your thoughts type thing. One was a follow-up from our last podcast that I wanted to show you. So have you uh, have you heard of the... Uh, the uh, the new Russian vaccine? No. Do you know the name, dude? You'll try to guess the name of it. The new Russian vaccine. Think 1980. Wait, no, earlier 1960s. Um. Uh. uh let's see. That would be Bolshev. Close. <laughs> Bol- Bolshevid. So, Sputnik. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Sputnik. It's like they just can't let it go. Like we what, were in what, space yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, but like we know, dude. Yeah, like, what yeah. does that have to do with your vaccine? Yeah, it's like our vaccines. Just rubbing it in. Yeah, it's like the the tagline is our vaccines out of this world. <laughs> but, it's really Sputnik. Yeah, huh? no, no joke. I'm not kidding you. It's Sputnik, right? But here, here's the funny thing. Remember how last time we were talking about? Okay, because if you if you try to like, um, this is it, it, so. I just got curious because last time we were talking about like, okay, wait a minute. If I've got the vaccine, you're telling me that like I can now s- spread it like, you know, or, or whatever. It's kind of weird. You I don't know? get it. But I tried to look that up. Good luck if you do a Google search or something on that. You can't really find anything. But in my searches, I found something that was pretty funny. All right. So check this out. Let me make sure I pull this up the right way. Oh, wrong one. Okay. So look at this. Russian disinformation has a new target. Vaccines made by Pfizer and other Western companies. <laughs> so one false Russian claim that the U.S. rushed the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine through the regulatory process. So Russian intelligence agencies have mounted a campaign to undermine confidence in Pfizer Incorporated and other Western vaccines using online publications that in recent months have questions the vaccine development and safety, U.S. officials said. An official with the State Department's Global Engagement Center, which monitors foreign disinformation efforts, identified four publications that he said served as fronts for Russian intelligence. So this is from uh, Market Watch, and uh, this was published on uh, March 7th of 2021. But <laughs> I, I mean, can you, can you like, I mean, no wonder you can't find any information about it. Like the world is so crazy today. You could just publish any old thing, but. The funny it, it, thing is, is people still are surprised about this. I'm like, you that, have, that the have, Russians have that ability, or, or that they're like messing around and playing games. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> remember, just so, for a while now. Well, do you remember the the? Um, I know I saw another article about I don't know some people telling us to ban the upcoming Olympics or something like that. Like, don't go to it, or I I don't know political stuff. But um, I mean, you saw uh, the the documentary um, Icarus, Icarus, yeah, on Netflix, right? Awesome documentary, but like, it, I mean, I don't know. When I watch Rogan on podcasts, like, oh, oh, they've been cheating this long. I'm like, yeah. did you ever <laughs> see Rocky Four? Yeah, wake like- up, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 Drago was souped up, man. Yeah. Like they didn't see the, the, those machines and the steroids. Yeah, yeah, I love. I blatantly in that in that show in Rocky Four, they just show, and I love the amount that goes into him. It's like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a gigantic thing just going into him, and it's all yellow and everything, and it's like you just sitting there. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, like uh, everything well, I need to know all happened in Rocky Four. Well, I've never the, changed my mind." There was this thing called the Cold War, also. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they don't, they don't, they're not exactly shooting straight with us, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, but I, I just love that no matter what it is, it's it's just shenanigans all the way around. Like, it, it, it always sticks in my mind the episode of The Simpsons is like, in communist Russia, car drives you. Yeah. <laughs> like, in communist <laughs> Russia, vaccine shoots you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Dude it's, so, it's so silly. Like, I just was, like, no wonder we can't find any information on that. So I just thought I'd follow up on that one. No, no the thing I was going to ask you was, Okay, so um, so I was I was on my way down to check out some office space in southern Utah this last week, right? And on my way down there, I stopped at uh, a gas station in Beaver, Beaver, Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, all those I love Beaver yep. things, holla. So um, I went in, <laughs> I went into the to the bathroom and like 
you know, some bathrooms are like really nice. You know, they especially like truck driver bathrooms. You ever notice that? Oh yeah, like in Scipio. Yeah, that's they, my oh, favorite, dude. Yeah. The one with the petting zoo. Yeah, love it. Yep. So, I like it when they have that little shelf above the urinal that you can put something if you want. Mm. You know, and obviously I was wasn't putting anything there, but I did notice on the shelf there was some some graffiti that was on there, and so, I mean, have you ever? First of all, have you ever saw bathroom graffiti that was just super profound and blew your mind and like ch- changed the way you think about the world, like ever in your life. Never once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would, I would, I would wager that that's never happened to any human on this planet. No right? one's been like inspired by it or, <laughs> right, yeah, right. or like, Oh, I never thought about right. it that way. So, so think about this. Like you have an, I, I'm just wondering your thoughts on what, what happens to a person when they, cause so I looked at it uh-huh. and it, it said, uh, COVID Diablo 666. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. okay, dude. You're one shot. You're one shot. To communicate this, to the world. Of what your thoughts are on, on you know, a pandemic. As yeah. you wrote, COVID Diablo 666. And, uh-huh. I, and I know it was a white dude who wrote that. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, I'm just. Seems like a white boy thing. What do you think happens? What do you think happens to a person that. In the heat of the moment, they have an opportunity. You know, they look around. Coast is clear. Maybe the maybe the the teller at the at the cash register says, "Hey, man, I got to go out for a smoke." So, uh, you know, uh, just holler if you need anything. So right like, now is my chance. Right. So you're in the bathroom alone. You know, there's no cameras in the bathroom. You have a chance to do this, and you write COVID Diablo six six six. I mean, come on, son. So I don't know what, what's the thought process. What, what do you think happens to people's minds? It seems like they lose it because I've never. I've never seen like a cogent statement that is like, yeah, man, you know what? That's, that's true. That's right. You know, I've never seen that. Well, I, I think that we would need to follow your line of thinking a little further and develop a, pro, a profile on such a person, you know? So we've, we've narrowed it down to a white dude, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking between the ages of 13 and 26. Ballpark, how many teeth did he have? Where was that beaver? Yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I mean maybe that's part of what he's upset about. Maybe like you know the there's like an inverse relationship between the amount of teeth you have and uh, your willingness to engage in bathroom graffiti. But, but, I mean, but we, 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 okay, before we can get you. to the bottom of it, we have to figure out what type of person this is. We can't just start speculating if it could be anybody under the sun. Well, okay. Who writes on bathroom walls? All right. I did think about that, right? Mm-hmm. And what I would say is, okay, so when it comes to posting publicly something, look at people's like Facebook pages and stuff like that. Nobody's nobody's I mean, for the most part, nobody's posting bathroom graffiti on their Facebook stuff, right? I mean, everybody's worried about like <laughs> I mean, even even when we post stuff on our on our alphas like Facebook page and stuff like that, it's always inspirational quotes. And I try to kind of get at like quotes that, you know, I, I look for ones that are just kind of more like badass quotes, you know, like ones that are a little bit more raw, not like, you know. Yeah, people are posting their highlight reel. Sure, yeah. sure. So uh, to me, I'm wondering like the bathroom graffiti is almost like the one, a, a place where you can post something that – that is a little bit more raw and to the point of where you're, you know, kind of where your life views mm, are. Right. Okay, yeah. And, and here's my example is, and I don't think it's limited to dude, white dudes in, in beaver with three teeth. I don't think it's limited to that. So, because you brought something to my attention the other day mm. and one of, a so a, a person we used to associate with, we'll say, um, and kind of indirectly, but we were, we were on a, we were on a kind of semi vacation with them. And we were down in Moab, right? And we came across this wall that had some, and it was a big red walk, red rock wall. <laughs> I had to work to get through that. Mm-hmm. And they had like a fire pit, and there was some charcoal, right? And people had posted all kinds of hippie stuff, you know, on yeah. there. And all right, now this individual, who's by all intents and purposes, like one of the most woke people I know, I think. I mean, I don't really, again, not somebody we're super close to, but. They took the opportunity to write F all N words swastika six six six. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, it was uh, yeah. gigantic, right? Like it, unmistakable. R- right, right, yeah. right, right. And 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 at the time, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and like, whether or not you thought that was funny or the heat of the moment, like, there was a, a spot there where nobody was watching and you can get away with something. And maybe it was just shock value, like, for us trying to get a laugh out of us or something mm-hmm. like that. But... I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when nobody's watching, what do you post? What do you say to the world? Oh, so you're saying that, like, maybe in in a way, like, the bathroom graffiti is, like, a true manifestation of what a person genuinely feels. It's like it's an inside peek unfiltered into their head because they have the anonymity. It's not like on Facebook where you have a reputation to maintain, so you post the, rep- the, the motivational quotes and the vacation photos and – Best life, hashtag gains, or whatever yeah. bullshit. <laughs> no bad vibes. Yeah, no bad vibes. But like, since there's an anonymity associated with uh, graffiti on a bathroom wall, that's like a true window into the soul of the person. Well, even like you think about graffiti that people want you to see. Like, I, I just look at graffiti that's on like a like a down a, by our office. You see that that, that uh-huh. dragon thing or whatever. Yeah, and that's not that's kind of a mural, right? Oh yeah. Right. But I'm talking about like graffiti, like on a on a train, uh, on a train car. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the artists want they're not putting Diablo COVID six 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 or you know they're they're not doing things like that. They they may put their name, but they do it in a really stylish way. You know, whatever. And they're trying to get the word out. But I think you know it. it and they're trying to get recognition. But it's just see. And I don't know if it's they just get caught up in the moment and maybe they're trying to shock themselves or or what really it boils down to. I mean, a lot of it is kind of I don't yeah. know if it ties into our topic today of like like you're just in the heat of the moment when you're and I don't know why you get worked up about putting bathroom graffiti or got or something on a, a rock wall in Moab. But yeah. it seems like, uh, man, people really need to calm the hell down and think about what this message is going to convey is to the this world. What I want to communicate to the world. Yeah. Even though yeah. you know, it's not you, you know what I mean? Even though you know, it's not you. I mean, <laughs> is this the message that you, cause nobody signs their name, you know, and quotes themselves on bathroom graffiti. Yeah. Well, I mean, d- depending on if they're offering their friends services, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might put they somebody put else's name. number or yeah, something yeah. for a good time called Beth. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. By and large. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the, like regulating, our emotions and, and making better decisions when we get ramped up. COVID's a high stress thing. Uh, I guess being in a beaver in bathroom and the, the bathroom at 2 AM is a stressful thing. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just driving. Yeah. You're just commuting. Or, down or to, you're commuting. Yeah, yeah. Down to St. George. One of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Although that can be a scary place. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. There what was, is our, what is our topic then? Oh yeah. 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 Tonight. <laughs> Speaking Good of. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After like seventy five percent of our audience is like, "What the hell are these dudes talking yeah. about today?" <laughs> That's two podcasts in a row where we've like done a pretty lengthy opening. I know, but I I had to get your thoughts on that, like That's just where question. those things come from. But it's our podcast, bro. I know. Do I know. The hell we want. I understand, yeah. and I and my part part of this is that is I do think that, and again, it, it's a minor issue, but I do think that when when somebody is trying to effectively manage their emotions, whether it's I'm in a, I'm in a, um, a bathroom in Beaver at 2 AM or at a rock wall in Moab, one of the, one of the two, I, I need to be mindful of my emotions and how that's going to affect my behaviors. And so tonight we're talking about managing anger, kind of a, a really, a really important emotion in my opinion. Yeah. Cause that, I don't know, that seems if you put that stuff, that seems like an angry statement almost, right? COVID. What is it? COVID Diablo 666. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or 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 horrible racial slurs, yeah, you know, yeah, and a yeah, Nazi swastika yeah, yeah. or something <laughs> like th- those. I mean, I don't know if it's anger again, um, but I think people would see that and and interpret that that person might be acting out in an angry sure. way. Yeah. So uh, the first things first. Um, <laughs> okay, therapists, everybody out there, right? Everybody who's right listening, what you're say I know already. everybody who's listened to this. Now, first, now this is my own opinion, <laughs> so take it for what it is, but. Please, please, can we stop saying, you know, folks, uh, anger is a secondary emotion. I don't know if you knew that. Like, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, I cringe. I cringe what, every time. What, why, why is that? Well, like, okay, and so are a lot of other emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple reasons. 
if you think about the term secondary emotion, all you're referencing is saying that there's an underlying primary emotion that's happening. Mm -hmm. How it manifests maybe um, behaviorally, you know, mm -hmm. or or at least an emotion that I'm I, I can recognize or something I'm comfortable with is the secondary emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that happens all the time. That happens all the time, okay? Like think about people who <clears throat> maybe are really super uncomfortable and instead of like like embarrassed almost, right? And instead of feeling embarrassed, they laugh like there's something funny happening, right? right? Anger, anger fits that profile just fine. And so I'm like... <sighs> Okay, so to what end? To like, so what if if it is a secondary emotion in the in the Why moment? do people say it then? I think uh, to emphasize the fact that there's something underneath that, and inevitably they show you a picture of an iceberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, he's yeah. looking at you. Yeah. I know you do it. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you do. <laughs> they so show true. you a picture of an iceberg, and they say, "See what happens with anger? Is there's <laughs> anger's right here, and uh, or or no, 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 no. There's a quiz first. They say." And we know what happened to the Titanic, you know. And oh yeah, yeah, he gotta <laughs> set it up. Yeah, yeah. It hit an iceberg. It hit, it hit yeah, an iceberg, like, yeah. and then I'm always like, yeah. And then that selfish chick didn't trade spots with Leo, and you know, enough times she could have made room for him. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, any <laughs> or at least just yeah, just trade, just trade for a minute. Like, just let him get warm. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, hey, can I can I get warm for a minute? Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the director's cut. Yeah. So they and then they show all these things underneath there okay fine i'm again i'm not necessarily disagreeing with that it's just that's a lot of emotion that that applies to a lot of things and it's I not think, reserved for anger and what i think that does and i've heard clients tell me this is i think it it invalidates the fact that they're experiencing anger like they're experiencing anger and and it's almost telling you you shouldn't be experiencing this because really what's happening are these things hmm. right what i'm saying sure. is okay look I, again, I don't disagree with you, but let's validate the anger first. I mean, if you think about motivational interviewing, if somebody says something that's, I don't know, maybe untoward, you know, in a therapy session, I don't really, I don't really like challenge them on it and judge them and yeah, place a value would, judgment on the statement. You affirm and reflect. Yeah, I, I, I affirm the emotion that's likely expressed mm -hmm. in their statements. I don't, I don't, because I, I'm trying to open that up. So. I think when you're educating clients on this, you have to be very careful to not invalidate their anger because people are going to shut off and they're like, well, yeah, I may, or tell themselves, I shouldn't be experiencing anger. And I would say on the second part of that is anger is probably the most frequent an emo emotion an adult male is ever going to experience. If not, I mean, you know, other, uh, females as well. Like, I mean, I think everybody experiences anger and it happens. Like, there's no getting away from it. So, you know, at times, yes, can we look back on that and start to break this down and say, well, yeah, what's really happening here? Can we get more comfortable with our emotions? I think that's probably wise, mm -hmm. but can we validate the anger in the first place is, is a is a pretty significant question for what we're doing. Yeah. I, as far as validating the anger, I, I don't know about what you do, but I, I'll often bring up like adaptive traits and I'll talk about – I'll usually lead off by talking about fear because fear is the easiest adaptive trait to explain, you know, fight or flight, whatever. And, uh, anger I'll explain is that that's also an adaptive trait. It's, it's, uh, your, you know, your body or your mind, wherever anger comes from, it's, it's letting you know that, that you're not okay with something either in your external or internal word world. And that's emotional energy designed to motivate you to change it, whether that's sticking up for yourself, you know, curb stomping somebody if needed, you know, <laughs> Hopefully not. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's never needed. Um, but, but like it's, uh, it's emotional energy, uh, designed to meet. And, and so it's, 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 uh, adaptive, it's normal, it's healthy, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like the, the main thing. And this is where I think all therapists, even if, for those of you that are like secondary emotion, people can, can agree that it's the behavior that, is the problem, not necessarily the emotion itself. Now, now, as we get into this, you know, we'll, we'll see that maybe, maybe anger can be disproportionate to the, whatever the activating event is, whatever the triggering thing is. And that's a lot of what we're going to get into. That's the managing of it, you know, putting things into context, uh, you know, taking a look at the thinking that drives the anger, but, but ultimately it's, it's a good thing. Like a, a big reason that, you and I are here having this conversation is that our ancestors had 
a, a healthy grasp of some of those primitive primal emotions that, that lead to adaptation and therefore survival when mm-hmm. it's needed. Yeah. I think it's almost equivalent to, um, I, I, I just think when I'm, when I'm hunting and I think about animals that, that, you know, are, are prey, you, you know, big things, you want to be super quiet. They're so attuned to their environment, you know, and it seems like they live in fear, but it's super functional for them because without it, they're lunch. Right. And, um, so now human beings, just because of our brain development, I think we experience emotions on a a whole other plane of existence but those are no different than an animal's instinct. Those are our emotions are just a survival mechanism. It, it's a pretty sophisticated survival mechanism. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, you know, because you get frustrated because of a memo that was sent out or something like that. Like that that's a survival mechanism. That's that's not necessarily it's not like you're gonna die. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's adaptive, right? Mm-hmm. And that emotions are just like alarms. They're alerts that, Hey, something important is happening right Right. now. And one thing I think you can do, and this is why I I don't, you know, the cynical side of me says it's just therapist bait saying the whole secondary emotion thing. But the, the, the side of me that just wants to err on the side of like, okay, they probably have the best intentions. I think people say that because they think it's going to be meaningful for a client. And what they're trying to do is help a client, really grasp onto well, what's the emotion that's truly driving this anger? You know, what's really happening there? Because that has some, some work to be done. You know, um, you can, you can modify your thoughts around that versus I'm just pissed off. Right. But the problem is, is can you do that? Can you do that with, can you say, well, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. Can you do that without making somebody feel a, like they're dumb or B, like it's not normal to experience anger. And and making anger bad. There's no such thing as bad or good emotions. Emotions are neutral. They're they're just emotions. Now, I can have an opinion about emotions that I prefer and emotions that I don't prefer, which is also great. I mean, both are still have a lot of value that comes into my life, but I don't want to, you know, tell somebody you're wrong for feeling angry. You're not wrong. There's no, there's no such thing as a value judgment on, on emotions. It's what emotion are you experiencing? How can we regulate it? Those are the questions I want to ask. So like in an attempt to like a, like a, a well-meaning therapist in an attempt to maybe be profound or provide some context of, you know, the way that anger can be a protective mechanism, they might unintentionally invalidate their client's anger by, you know, making them feel as though, it's uh, not the correct response or the correct emotion for a given action. I think so. I think they'd be like, for example, if I'm doing cognitive behavioral therapy, I think a client might, especially if they're trying to like look good, they might not want to list anger as an emotion they experience in response to some sort of thought or situation that's happening in their lives. Right. I think they would Mm. shy away from that. So as you know, an attempt to please the therapist who has now told them, Hey, that's a secondary emotion you're a dummy and nobody says nobody calls clients dummies. I'm just saying that making a person feel like that they shouldn't be experiencing that is it turns into a problem. And, and I think rather than that, just embrace it. No, when I say embrace anger, that doesn't mean flip out, you know, there's rules to this. And, and I think, so like anger management is kind of funny. I've looked at a lot of anger management programs and, um, there's not a whole lot of evidence to support of like straight up anger management stuff, you know, in terms of like a therapeutic process, just focusing exclusively on anger. Sometimes just like a, almost like used as a punishment. Like, you know, I, I remember I, I had to, I got in, into a fight as a kid <clears throat> and, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I won. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, after talking mountains of crap, the kid went on to go tell on me. So that was super cool. And then I had to go to, I was court ordered to go to anger management when I was a kid, right? You did? Oh yeah. 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 It, was, it, it was, didn't work. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> of course it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and, and I mean, you could tell me if I was justified or not. I okay. don't think it's ever, here's the thing about anger. And I, and before I give you this disclaimer, there's four rules with anger, okay? I tell clients you can get as angry as you want. Sky's the limit. But you have to follow four rules. So you can't hit people. You can't hurt yourself. You can't break shit. And you can't 
say things that are going to get you in trouble. That's good. If you follow those four rules, get as angry as you want. I don't care. Don't hit people. Don't hurt yourself. Don't break things. And don't say stuff that's going to get you into trouble. Correct. So you, other than that, get as angry as you want. I like those rules. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's a kid and I was a, I think I was a junior in high school and he was a sophomore. So immediately we're at war, right? Cause you're, that's how, that's how, that's how the hierarchy of school yeah. works. High school. Right. And, uh, I don't even know what happened. I think I dated a girl that he dated. Or it was high school stuff, right? I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so I heard he was talking crap and I was, and you know, you're in high school. So, oh, talk crap about me. Okay. You know? And, and so I think I made fun of him in a, at a party or something like that. And then like, you know, everybody would want to grind my gears all the time. They'd be like, okay, guess what so-and-so said? We'll, <laughs> we'll call him Steve. Yeah. Guess what Steve said, you know, at this, at this party. I'm like, that mother, you know, I'm like yeah. getting pissed off as time goes on. And then, and then, now this is building up over a few weeks period of time. And then I, and then to cap it off, I walk out of um, my telemarketing job as a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid. <clears throat> and I find that my car has bitch spray painted on it. Yeah, and guess who did that, right? Steve. Yeah, Steve did that. So, so then I'm like, Steve, right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, time goes on, time goes on. And then I see him in a mall, you know, back when there were malls. And um, and we were in the food court, and I was like, oh, perfect. So then I just beat him up in, in the – and it was a big scene because there was, a pun- it was lunchtime and everybody's around. And there was like this 90-year-old security guard that was trying to stop me. And I thought he was somebody else. And I immediately – he didn't have to touch <laughs> you, me. You killed I, him? No, 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 no. Oh. I looked back and saw some you know 90-year-old dude. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, buddy. Like I didn't yeah. want him to have to get involved and have a heart attack. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, I'm done. And then immediately after talking all that crap for months on end, spray painting bitch in my car, he goes and tells the cops. So then I get arrested. I didn't. I didn't get arrested. I just the cops came to me, and then I had to go to court. And then they said go to anger management. Anger management. And I went to anger management. And it was just kind of silly. Like the whole thing was kind of silly, right? And um, I think that you could do anger management in terms of following rules in ten seconds. Hey everybody, I'm Mace. I'm going to be an instructor tonight. Here's the rules. Don't hit anybody. Don't hurt yourself. Don't break shit. Don't say things that will get you in trouble. Thank you. Good night. Uh-huh. And, and as long as you're following those, we have anger management. Now, how that manifests behaviorally in people's lives, I don't think that does much for teaching them an actual emotional regulation technique, which is what we want to do tonight and kind of do as a, as a clinical skill for the people listening and watching. Yeah. Um, but that's really all it was, was just you know telling you, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Not like... Notice what you're experiencing, embrace that, kind of pick something to distract you temporarily from it, think about that differently and come back to it a little bit later. You know, like it's a lot of the stuff that we do. Basically what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was just kind of nonsense back then. I don't think it helped me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And I, it actually made me more angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> even before we uh, jump into the – um, curriculum stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to tie up a loose end with the whole secondary emotion thing. Yeah. So people will, cause again, I know, I know there's therapists right now listening to this that will say like, well, oh, Hey, what did you say? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Busting sacred cows all over. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll talk about how if, you know, like somebody's, you know, like get, get embarrassed about something and then it, and then they, you know, embarrassment or shame isn't that publicly, um, I guess expressive as an emotion. So anger, anger is like a, it's a, it's a safer emotion to express because it's mm-hmm. not embarrassing. It doesn't lead to, and it, or for like, you know, depression or, or whatever it is, getting mad is more socially acceptable than, than like crying or something. Mm-hmm. And, Especially in a dude. Right. Yeah. And that's so the one you're saying that like, uh, that's like one of the main things that maybe men deal with growing up. Uh, it's, it's, it's because we're, we use anger to, I guess, take the place of emotions that'll get us teased growing up. Sure. And yeah. and I think even, and that reflects in, I mean, just think about like movies and stuff like that, right? Like even, even movies, like think of the most badass movies that you love as a, as a kid, you know, or predator, predator, nobody's crying in predator, not one person. Right. Okay. Nobody was crying about an alien and, and truth be told, some dudes probably would be crying about oh, some yeah. of those things. Right. That'd be terrifying. And, and in, yeah, instead <laughs> dudes are getting their arms shot off with lasers and still trying to kill the dude, you know, like it, it's, it's, you know, and, and we're like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, like those are as a, as a male, 
I, I think our culture is designed to teach you to shy away from yeah. emoting anything except for something that's acceptable, which is anger. And that, now I'm not saying it's like societally driven. I'm saying that reinforcement is when I get angry, that's just more socially acceptable than if I were to cry, which is not super socially acceptable. Like that sometimes, and, and trust me, here's the thing about this. Like, I think in a lot of ways we can take a page out of like, like, I mean, just, and, and okay. A lot of females in my life do a little bit more emoting than males, right? I'm not stereotyping. I'm just saying that, um, if I look at crime statistics and dudes commit all the crime, males commit all the crime, right? And you have to wonder why that is the case, right? Um, and, and, you know, I, I I don't think our criminal justice system is sexist. I think guys are committing more crimes. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Part of that, I think, is guys are much more behaviorally driven and not super in touch with their emotions versus, like, I think females, and again, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm saying that I think females who might be a little bit more in touch with their emotions do a lot better. We don't chalk it up like that. Dude say, oh, dude, she's crazy. She was cr-. I'm like, <laughs> crazy like how? She was crying and yelling. I'm like, okay. But did she do anything? Did she like? Did she? Did she break anything? Did she hit anybody? Oh no, no, no. she was just she was freaking out, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I think I prefer that. Like, yeah, they might be onto something. She's just getting angry. That's it, right? And or anybody for that matter. And, you know, they're crazy. No, they're not crazy. Being more in touch with your emotions and managing them in an appropriate way is a good thing. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And we could take a page out of at a lot of other people's books. Guys, Fair enough. guys who have a hard time with that, I think, is is something. So. If you don't want to take a page out of their books, and we got a lesson plan for you, don't we? Right. So we tried something new here. We were gonna, we were gonna, um, let's see here. There. Oh, I did it again. There we go. Okay. So we put this onto, we put this onto a little bit of a uh, slideshow for you guys. Look at that fancy. They can see that, huh? Oh yeah. Dope. Oh yeah. That is dope. Um, so basically what we're trying to do is when we do a clinical skill, we at least want you to see this. So, um, for those of you who are just listening to this, you'll still get the general idea because we're going to talk about this exhaustively, obviously. Um, but those of you who want to, um, see the clinical skill and kind of take notes, obviously check out our YouTube page at Gorilla Social Work on, on YouTube, Gorilla Social Work Podcast on YouTube. So let's get into this next part. Um, so anger's influence on our behaviors. So this is just kind of a good question, and this is for anybody. So I'll kind of pose this question to you since I've already disclosed my piece. So have have you ever made a poor choice as a response to feeling frustrated, irritated, or angry? Of course, yeah. So tell me what that was. I've been rude to people that I love uh, and said things that I regret. And, you know, I've, I've uh, yeah, and it's oftentimes is my, me being rude was disproportionate to the thing that, that caused it. Yeah, man, that is the lamest answer I've ever heard in my life. I'm not so. telling the other ones. <laughs> you're all, yeah, you're all, I'm not the, sure if the statute of limitations yeah, yeah. has run out <laughs> on these other horrible things that I've yeah, done yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah, well, we'll keep that, that one's for the podcast. I've, yeah. I've been rude. Yeah. yeah. So, so this would be a question that if you're running a group setting or with your individual client, I think is just a really, you know, it, it's, a, it's a close-ended question. So, but you can ask them to elaborate, right? You know, tell me about a time. I love tell me as an open-ended question. It's a demand. It works, though. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like my yeah. default. If I can't think of it, I just go to tell me. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me if you ever made a poor choice as response to feeling frustrated, irritated, or angry. And and what we're what we're you're intentionally doing there is trying to get them to personalize the subject matter about which you're you're going to talk. Like we're mm-hmm. going to talk about about this subject, and I want you to give me an example, and then I'm going to pull from that example from there, right? So the other thing is, um, is we want to help the client understand how risky situations lead to risky feelings, risky thinking rather, and feelings of anger and hostility. So this brings to mind uh, for me, I've got endless examples, but um, of why I don't golf anymore, because because <laughs> I used to I used to golf. Um, and on one occasion with with uh, my buddy, Alan, shout out to Alan Falls, um, we were on a golf course and, um, and, and I don't know what it is. I do not know what it is. And everybody tries to explain this to me. Like I talk to golfers and they're always like, Oh, you just got to take it slow. You know, keep your head down. I'm like, stop giving me pointers. I don't need this. 
so I was on a golf course and I had to do like this tiny little, like one foot putt, which is nothing. Right. And I already had a bad day and I missed the putt. Okay. And this is after several holes that was horrible. So I immediately, of course, break the, you know, break my golf club naturally, naturally. Right. And then I saw something that was really amazing because there was a shovel right next to the green, right next to the putting green. Oh, no. And I was like, Oh, well, no. if I can't get that little ball into that little hole, I just need to make that <laughs> hole bigger. So I grabbed a shovel and I dug a huge hole in the green. Oh and if anybody knows about golf, like they keep the pristine courses, yeah. right? Especially the greens. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> so I dug a huge hole and then I putted, I, I almost missed too. I putted the second one in with my broken golf club and then threw it out. And now this was a golf course that's right next to a road and it landed in the road. Right. Mm. And, and for whatever reason, like when it pinged off the side of the road and then a car drove by, I was like, man, like, first of all, what if somebody saw me being a lunatic right now? I'd have to pay for this. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I took care of it, everybody. So, <laughs> but then what more importantly, what if I threw that golf club and it went through somebody's like windshield or something? Right. And caused a problem. It's a risky situation. Okay. Guess what? I don't have to golf. I don't have, there's no rule in this world that says I have to golf and it's not necessarily enriching my life. And so I get to make a decision. It's a risky situation that I'm simply going to avoid. I'm going to stay away from it because why would I put myself in there? And I know I could work through this. I know I could, but why? I don't need to, I don't need to golf. I just stay away from it. So I think first and foremost, yeah, if you can avoid, you know, People, places, things, the nouns that you know that surround us of of things that may trigger that anger. If you can avoid it to the degree it doesn't disrupt your life, please do. It's the simplest way to manage risk is just avoid it, right? But if we can't, what else can we do? Can we avoid can, that risk. What do we got to do? Yeah. Well, escape it. Mm-hmm. It's our only other option, really. Yeah. And I think if you, well, if we recognize a situation that, because. We can tell everybody to avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, but you know, shit comes up. Yeah, I mean, if it's a coworker that you just cannot stand, and a lot of us kind of know a person like that or have known a person like that, and you got to work with them, how can you avoid that and quit your job? So you now can manage it. Yeah, now it's starting to impact my life. So, yeah. so one thing we say is on this is what sort of physical cues, and this is kind of our first point of contact. Yeah. If we can avoid it. Good. Now, if you can't, now we now we start moving to the next pieces. What sort of physical cues and body language alert you that you are angry? So, for you, how do you like physically? How do you know that you're angry? I I get like a tension kind of between my temples. It all, the way I explain it is my it's almost like my vision gets shaky. Kind of mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain. Like a pressure behind my eyeballs, and then like also pressure in my chest. It's pretty noticeable. And it's, that's the thing too, is it's, you know, with, with frustration, I'll feel that in my chest too. But when I'm at that level of rage that I'm about to say or do something bad or something that I regret, like I, I can really feel the, like this pressure sort of in my temples behind my eyeballs. Yeah. And, and th- so that's like an excellent way to like you just, and, and the best time to discuss this is by the way, not when somebody's freaking out. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm back to the secondary emotion thing. I promise you in the history of dudes or gals who are freaking out and going eight, the last thing anybody, they don't, nobody's ever stopped to, huh, what am I really, what am I really experiencing here? Nobody. They're already emotionally gone at that point and they need to calm down first things first before I can start to process that stuff. And again, get as angry as you want. Just don't follow our rules, right? So body language wise, and for those of you who kind of want to clarify, and this is useful for like clients to know is like, okay, what's the difference between body language versus, um, versus, uh, physical cues, physical cues is something I experience. Mm -hmm. Body language is something somebody else can see. So if somebody is seeing you being angry, what would they notice? Um, Probably like uh, I'm probably not like no eye contact. I'm probably like looking, looking down or looking away. Like mm-hmm. uh, eye contact infuriates me more oftentimes. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe pacing. Um, 
I don't think I have like the typical, like, you know, I'm not like puffing my chest and doing the lat flare thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's, it's probably more it's like just a normal day of Vasa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so like I, and I'm sure you got something to say on this. The, the way cheesy as it might be that I remember this as cues and clues. Yeah. You know, a cue is an internal sensation that you can recognize that you're experiencing something. So the tension behind my eyeballs, a clue is something that someone else can tune, tune into. They can, they're picking up a clue that I'm angry through my body language. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, that's just how I teach it to clients. Cues and clues. Cues and clues. Yeah. Okay. Versus, well, physical cues, cues and body, and body language. language. Yeah. 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 The, the main point is, is that, there's sources of information a client can use beyond comprehending and identifying the emotion. Right. Because what we're saying is initially is that they may not be attuned to the the fact that they're experiencing an emotion in the first place. And especially, you know, some people who have, for whatever reason, distance themselves from their emotions and they just don't like to be in touch with them. That's naturally what they're going to do. So we're giving them ways to start to like learn how to be better at identifying their emotions. And, th- and that's uh, the, the best places to start because you can't avoid those things. You can't avoid the physical cues that are that are brought on by this, and you also can't avoid the body language that accompanies the physical cues. So, kind of our our next piece. Ooh, fancy, fancy. <laughs> um, so once we recognize that our physical cues and body language is key um, to to with some highly emotional states, and th- the reason why we want to do that too is, you know, emotions. I think a, a, an important part to clients is that. Emotions that you do well with, and other like some people, <clears throat> happiness is probably a really popular emotion that people do fine with, right? When I'm happy, I do okay. But not always. Sometimes people, when they get happy, they for whatever reason want to enhance that happiness and then they go celebrate. And for them, celebration sometimes look, you know, turns into, you know, I don't know, getting drunk, using drugs, you know, uh, I don't know, impulsive sexual activity, something or other. Right. So we're saying, okay, even with, even with emotions, I might prefer that feel good in my opinion. We still want to pay attention to those, but if you do well with emotions, just leave it alone, just embrace it and experience it and kind of go from there. But we Mm -hmm. do want them to kind of recognize that. So go ahead. You got something? No. Oh, I see your hand moving. No. You're pissing me off, bro. (laughs) Where do you feel that in your body? Where do you feel the cue? Is your clue is your face is turning red? Yeah, yeah. I feel it in my heart. And yeah. my soul. I feel it in my soul. I'm like, where's your soul? Yeah. I don't have one of those. So, when we ask this question, like, when do you think is the best time to deal with anger? Is it is it when we first start to notice small clues that we might be feeling angry, or when we are completely enraged? Well, so that's that's what I was saying with like. When I'm about to lose it, it's when I feel that tension sort of behind my eyeballs. The frustration, I can feel that welling up in my chest beforehand. And what I've realized is the the longer that I'm engaged in a situation, when I'm feeling truly angry, when I'm feeling that 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 physical sensation in my eyes, the longer I remain in that in that state, the more time that elapses, the more likely I am to do something stupid. And so yeah. for me, it's like, and it's it's tough. And I know that sounds obvious, but like the thing is, is that you know, if I'm in the middle of an argument or, or whatever it is, and I'm starting to get heated, it's, it's really tough for me to disengage because I want to make my point. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I'll convince myself like, oh, I just got to get this one thing across or I just need them to see this, this way. And then it doesn't happen. And then I end up doing the thing that I regret. And so like, for me, it's recognizing early on that, all right, I'm, I'm, I need to back away for a little bit, but actually getting myself to do it is one of the hardest things in the world because I want to finish my damn point. Well, right. And and I would say the further along on that anger continuum you allow yourself to go, the more difficult some sort of emotional regulation technique is going to yeah. be helpful at that point. So I, I, I kind of tell this to clients all the time. I will say, okay, imagine your anger like a gauge and zero means I'm not angry whatsoever. 100 is, um, th- that's the most anger I could ever imagine. I've never even been that angry in my life. And I ask, you know, okay, at what number are you going to punch somebody in the face, right? What number would that be for you? 85. 85. So pretty high, right? Mm-hmm. And what I would say is this technique, if you've gotten to 85 already, this technique will certainly not drop you to a zero. So this is the other piece is be realistic with your clients. This, this technique may drop you from an 85 to an 80, right? And, and that's, that's about as good as we can expect. And, and 
the reality is we don't have gauges in our head. It's just a concept. I mean, if 85 is where I'm punching a dude, fine. But if we can get lower than that, you're still going to be upset. You're still going to be pretty pissed off, but you're not punching people. And that's, you know, at least that's, but again, if I'm, if I'm at a 15 and I can take myself down to a 10, I'm going to be, be way better off for it. So noticing this early on and paying attention to those things and not letting that iceberg build up, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more equipped to deal with these things early on. Cause that's, that's the whole thing is I think that's, what's missed in the secondary emotion piece. It's like, it's true, but it leaves you hanging. It's like, well, so what? Right. Okay. <clears throat> well, the, so what is, yeah, all those little things underneath, you can intervene at all those points. And if you recognize that, then you can, you know, use a technique and calm yourself down and then you won't get so pissed off. And, and yeah. And, and also if I'm, if you, if I use these techniques and I go from an 85 down to an 80, I'm still angry, but I'm more likely to make a, a good decision. I'm still going to stick up for myself, do whatever it is, but it's, it's, uh, that, that anger now becomes what it's meant to be, which is a motivational energy source to change my environment. Yeah. And you might do your, you might provide a pretty logical argument that gets your point across, right. whether or not it, it changes the minds of anybody, you still felt g- better about what you did versus just developing enemies or right. scaring people or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So, so let's, let's look at this, this in action. <clears throat> and so when we teach this to a client, um, we will list these, these steps on a board, usually a whiteboard or whatever. If you guys have chalkboards, can you imagine chalkboards where they have like the old, the old tiny <laughs> erasers? Yeah, yeah. Nah, ridiculous. I want to get one just for the just to clap the yeah. erasers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just cause that mountain of dust. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so one of the things we were going to do for you guys is demonstrate how we walk a client through this. So typically, we will spend um, you know maybe 15, 20 minutes discussing what we just discussed about. Primarily providing a client uh, a, a brief understanding of of the emotion, why it's important, why we're talking about it, helping them kind of identify that how the, how that relates to their life, and maybe instill some motivation for why they would want to use a skill like this. You know, like talking about well, you know, what disruptions has this caused in your life as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So we won't bore you with that routine because you guys know your clients better than we do. Of course, describe that however you want. But in terms of the clinical skill, there's a very specific way of going about this. So you want me to be the client? You be the therapist? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's read through the skill steps, though. Go for it. Okay. You know, do you want me to read it? I'll, I'll read it. Okay. And you're, you're going to be the client? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, so this would be if I'm the client, you're reading this, and you're going to even read it to me, and I'll, I'll bring those up, right? Excellent. Okay. And, and, and also, because uh, there's going to be lots of listeners that aren't tuning into the YouTube, so sure. just, yeah, uh, th- this, is, uh, this is written on uh, the board if you're running a group right. with uh, chalk. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> skill step one is identify the risky situation triggering your anger. That's a thinking skill step. We, we separate thinking from action skill steps. So again, that's just finding out what the thing is triggering the anger. And and one thing I'd say on that, a simple way of, I think clients often get confused between thinking and action steps mm -hmm. because it's not a verb. It's not that you're like, if I identify the risky situation, that's a verb. I'm identifying something, right? It, that's not it. Um, think about it like this. A thinking step is something another person cannot observe. That's good. They can't see you doing this. Whereas an action step is something that another person is actually going to see you do. They can observe you do this. That's actually a really helpful way to explain that. Good. Okay. Excellent. So skill step two, another thinking skill step, identify your thoughts, feelings, physical cues, and body language. We've reviewed that skill step three, another thinking skill step. Think about the possible consequences of how you respond to the situation. So we, we want people to start thinking ahead. If I do this, then this might happen. And then lastly, skill step four, this is a thinking and an action skill step. So applying your directions, Mace, uh, the last portion of this is how it's an action. So it's identify self-control strategies for dealing with your anger and pick the best one and use them. So the using the self-control strategy is something that you would physically manifest. And so what what Mace is going to do here is um, b- before we run a group like this, we've gone over a series of self-control strategies uh, that a client can select from. Imagine, you know, maybe five or six self-control strategies, you know, deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, thought stopping, counting backwards, visualization, uh, guided imagery, I think same thing. Uh, and, and so what Mace is going to do is 
as whatever his situation is that he has planned, you're, when he gets to skill step four, the identify self-control strategies, he's going to maybe think through a couple different self-control strategies that he could use. And he's going to then reason out which one he chooses to use. And then that's when he'll step into action mode and he'll actually demonstrate the self-control strategy to deal, to deal with the anger. And there's, there's more to it when we run the actual groups, maybe for another lesson, but, but this uh, can be done individually too. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. So what's your, what's your situation, man? Um, okay. So my situation is I, I just, uh, witnessed, um, a very close f- friend of mine who I publicly identify with, um, post a picture about his abs <laughs> that uh, is infuriating, yeah. and the and and the 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 post below it is yeah, it just uh, I see it and and I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed to be his friend and pissed off about it. Well, I think the listeners need some context. Describe what's wrong with the abs in the picture. Well, so they don't look like abs, okay. number one. They look like a sunburnt back, you know? And um, and uh, this particular friend, and I, I'm kind of just making this up as I go along, but this particular friend wrote, uh, you know, summer abs on there. And I guess the idea behind this would be that, you know, I don't know, somebody would look at it and be like, ooh, damn, look at those abs. But really, I mean, I, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm, is that... A package of hot dogs, <laughs> or or you know, I, I and uh and and you know, so I I got to think about, God, get man, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go where people know that we're friends and they're gonna make fun of me because of something he wrote. I'm like you associate with that guy, and that's so, why you're mad. That's why I'm pissed off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty irrational. I get it. That's why I'm kind of trying to you know make something up and be silly about right. it. But yeah, okay, excellent. So the. So, uh, listeners, be be listening for Mace to nail those skill steps. So again, he's gonna he's gonna identify the risky situation, then he's gonna identify the thoughts, feelings, cues, and body language. Then he's gonna think about some consequences of what might happen, and then he's gonna go through some self control strategies and demonstrate at least one. And because we have whether because we we get our clients into a practice of of showing um, that they're thinking out loud, because really. Um, when we're doing a skill step like this, we want to hear their thoughts and we want them to think out loud. So it's a couple pointers on that is, uh, pointer number one is point to your head. We have our clients point to their head primarily because it, it's a cue to the audience that who's paying attention to that, whether that's an individual therapist or whether it's a group of folks that I'm, I'm thinking out loud and that's what you want to pay attention to. And another thing I try to tell them is when you're thinking out loud, try not to look Maybe just look at the board so you're paying attention to the skill steps, but try not to look at a person because you're just like talking to the person and it just becomes awkward. And then you're like trying to get them to agree with you versus just trying to do a free flow of thought. So look at the board, look in the air, whatever you're doing helps clients kind of go from there. Okay. So, um, all right. So the risky situation that is, is triggering me at this point is I, I, you know, I, I logged on to my MySpace account (laughs) and and I saw a post from my friend, and at first I thought it was a joke, but then I was like, "Wait a minute, I know this guy," and and that's not a joke. He's he and and it said had a picture of a slab of meat, and uh, it said summer abs underneath this, and there was no there's no anything to resemble an ab on the entire picture, and I thought to myself, "How dare he?" Um, <laughs> and immediately. This is the situation that, that I feel like is triggering this. So yet yeah, a thought is how dare he, how am I going to answer for this to my friends? Um, you know, wh- what do I need to say to him to get him to take this down? Like he should be ashamed of himself. I feel bad for his parents stuff like that. Those are the feelings, um, are, are, um, I- I'm angry. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Physical cues, I'm literally feeling heated. I can feel like it almost feels like my blood's boiling. I feel like my my uh, blood pressure's kicking up, um, and and I do feel a tension in between my shoulders. Body language, I'm probably gritting my teeth to the point that they're breaking. Uh, my brow is certainly furrowed, and I'm probably you know clenching my fists at this point as well. So think about possible consequences of how you respond to the situation. Okay, so my first impulse is I really just want to post something and tell him what a fool he is for posting this. And then because it's on MySpace, I get to publicly 
kind of get my word out about how silly I think he is. Right. Um, so that's one solution. But if I do that, like that might inadvertently hurt his feelings. He might think it's not too playful. And then other people might think poorly about him too. And after all, he's my friend. So I probably shouldn't do that. Um, I could just ignore it. Um, I don't know though. If I, if I ignore it though, I feel like I'm doing a disservice as well because then he will think it's okay to keep posting these things and, uh, and continue to ruin mine and his life. So another option is maybe like privately, I could just discuss with him, you know, why, like what his motivation was behind that. See if it was a joke. If it is a joke, then obviously he's not going to care if I razz him about that. But if it's serious, you know, maybe just talk to him about how appropriate such a post is. And then, um, so, uh, self-control strategy for dealing with this. Um, so, uh, before I do anything, I just need, I probably need to do some self-talk, um, maybe even some deep breathing and maybe even some counting backwards would I think be really helpful at this point. So 21, 18, 15, he's just being himself and he knows not what he does. Uh, I probably just need to talk to him a little bit. 12, nine. If I talk to him privately, we can probably get this post down and won't be that big of a deal. Six, three. Okay. And that would be how we demonstrate that. Yep. Yeah. Textbook. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and here's the thing when you're walking through that again, like I know counting backwards, deep breathing and some self-talk, I'm still, <laughs> depending on the situation, I'm still going to be kind of upset and tell them that, give them permission to still be upset. But are you doing something that would be detrimental to your friendship or are you doing something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings? Yeah. Does it break the four rules? Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's, that's then the question that comes back to that. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's uh manage your anger skills. And then after that, um, we give, we give them feedback. How do we give them feedback? So if we're doing it in a group, mm-hmm. uh, I, before, before, uh, you would have gone into this, I would have assigned people in the group specifically to watch you do each of those skill steps. So I'd have had Johnny watch you do skill step number one, and make sure that you picked out a situation that was triggering it. I'd have James pick out, you know, watch you do skill step two, identifying the thoughts, feelings, physical cues, etc. I'd have Billy uh, watch you do skill step three, identifying the consequences. And then um, Dave would watch <laughs> you do skill step four, which is uh, the self-control strategies. And so they, like, they would go through and they would uh, point out uh, what you did right or what you did wrong and uh, offer any feedback for you. And then uh, once they do that, me, me as the facilitator, I'd, I'd check in with you. I'd give you a chance to see how that went for you, what, what went well for you in the role play, anything you do different based on the feedback you got. And uh, then it's, you know, it's lather, rinse, repeat for, for uh, other people to do yeah. the same thing. And usually we <clears> assign <throat> practice work to this, that then we tell them, okay, so usually what we'll ask them is, what's a, what's a situation within the next week you can see yourself getting angry about? So we're trying to get contemporary issues mm-hmm. in their life to which they can apply these skills. And then we say, okay, so we want the client to leave our individual session or a group therapy session feeling confident about using the skills. So they've just demonstrated it. And this is make-believe. We're playing dress-up. I get that. But now they feel better about using the skill. And we say, okay. So you're going to have to deal with your boss. You're going to have to deal with your coworker. You're going to have to see your buddy's silly posts. And we want you to try to use the skill. And the practice work is essentially rate yourself on how, what was the situation? Rate yourself on how well you did. And if you were to do it again, what would you do differently? Mm -hmm. And then next week they check in on that. And then, yeah, we wash, rinse, repeat from there. You you said like, you you kind of covered this, but I, I really like to get them to try to forecast the situation in which they can use these skills. I mean, sometimes you can't always do that. I mean, we don't always know the situations sure. that are going to make us angry, but it, it is pretty easy uh, working with the guys at the prison mm-hmm. to help them find situations. Oh, that are, plenty of sources, of plenty anger. of sources. Yep. And, and so I, I try to sell them on it. Like, you know, the, 
you know, before a, before a fight, you know, a fighter will watch tape on uh, his opponent and try to, you know, see tendencies, try to see any strengths or weaknesses, find out kind of how they act and say like, you're doing the same kind of thing. You're, you're maybe doing it. You're developing a game plan ahead of time. And if you know that, you know, a fellow inmate or, you know, your, your boss for that matter, for the guy is an outpatient, if you know that more than likely there's a, there's a, there's a really good chance that this, this is going to go down that you're going to be confronted with this, like already have it in your mind that you're going to have this skill locked, loaded and ready to go. And yeah. I already have it in your head. Yeah. If you can anticipate it, because the hardest part about therapy is like remembering to apply it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And if you can already have that, like, okay, this will happen this week. I'm going to, I'm going to be ready for it. And then in their head, when that situation does happen and the, you know, another inmates causing anger or his boss is being a dick or whatever it is before he even attempts the, managing anger skill step, he's already kind of got it in his head and he's predicted it, which sort of takes the, some of the, the, the steam out of the anger because it's like he called it anyway. Like, Oh yeah. I knew yeah. This was coming. Yeah. If there's an element of prediction, there's also an element of control in there yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's good. So, so yeah, that's a clinical skill of managing anger. So, um, yeah, any, any questions clarifying anything that you guys need, we'd be happy to answer those. We appreciate all the new subscribers. Um, but yeah, please hit us up if you guys have any questions about those. Um, and so, Use this, obviously, when you're angry. And, of course, use an emotion regulation skill before you mark graffiti in the bathroom, for God's <laughs> sakes. That's a good closing <laughs> or, lesson. Yeah. Or at least make it more meaningful. So. Yeah, meaningful graffiti only, folks. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you in a week. Oh, wait, in a week? I should make that claim. Don't promise things. Whenever yeah. we we'll get see you in a bit. to it. See you guys. Yeah. Dude, you know, I, I was thinking... And thanks for listening to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Moore and Mace Warren. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all things related to forensic psychotherapy. As always, you can head over to utahsbesttherapy.com to check out our program and check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and wherever you prefer to get your listener fix. Please share this episode with your family and friends, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating, which really helps us out. You guys are awesome. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night.